Welcome to the Stay Loyal Podcast, where we seek to find objective truths about specific topics with experts in those fields. Our guest today is a good friend of mine, Dr. Gates Meyer, who owns the Wellness Way Grand Rapids chapter. The link to his Facebook and Instagram is located in the description below. The Wellness Way is a clinic that thinks and acts differently to solve the health challenges others can. Their philosophy is founded on the idea that the human body was not designed for illness and when properly cared for can restore its innate ability to heal. A passionate and unapologetic team that listens to patients and understands that every individual is different and must adhere to a unique plan of action to truly address the underlying causes of their health challenges. A health champion for all and a community for change that is committed to disrupting the standard approach to care so that every person can achieve the total wellness way they deserve. Dude, I think I had that thing like 15 years. 15 years? You had a snapping total for 15 years? Yeah, bro. I got it when it was like this big. Yeah. And then just, it was massive. And then once I left for college, my dad, like, he kept it for maybe like a couple years. Yeah. But then eventually, uh, let it go. Dang. So... Yeah. Did you have like from a baby? Yeah, bro. It was like it was like 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 the yeah, size of my yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah. I've seen those. Before. Yeah. So I and it wasn't like an alligator snapping turtle. It was, oh, like, it was just a common one. Like the common, common one. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember when we first got it, I was like, Dad, this is illegal for us to take. Like, I guess for some reason you can't have the alligator one. Oh, not the alligator one. Not the alligator. Yeah, the regular yeah, the ones you can't. But I, yeah, yeah. I thought they were the same. No, when we first got, I don't have you seen Have you seen the difference? I have. I mean, when I got it though, I was like. Yeah. Eight, so I yeah, was like, yeah, this yeah. is the same thing. That's crazy. Dude, I actually like pre-recorded all the uh like the intro and stuff. Okay, cool. Like I feel like you come into the house and then if you already say hi and then it's like inorganic to be like, hey, how are you yeah, doing? Yeah, whichever <laughs> I'm cool with whatever, dude. That's all that's already dope. Yeah. I brought yeah. some books in case um we like talk about stuff and cool. if you wanted to get some pictures too of sure. like there's different things. Yeah. I don't know. Dude, so. I remember you talking about Jocko. Yeah. How do you have his book? Uh, which one? The uh, Freedom. Um, the Discipline Equals Freedom. Equal freedom. Uh, so I read it. I don't have it, but yeah. I read it maybe a year and a half ago at this point. Check this out. I've had it for a while. <laughs> Dude, yeah. This is dope. Yeah. I remember when I first got it and I was like, this is the book? Because it's like so different, like the I layout. Know. It's almost like a mission statement you play video games it's yeah but it's got some gold in here <laughs> i don't remember it being so thick dude it took yeah, dude if you, once you start reading it can't burn down and that's how exactly how it was there's a lot of great so i i read this one and then yeah. i listened on audiobook extreme ownership yeah, yeah. have you listened to that I've, one? I've listened to a little bit of that i think one. that one's really good too yeah. it's just like his yeah. com his like it's just a mentality right yeah. it's, it's gold so yeah, anything he puts out is, and this phrase too has been really big for me. Yeah. So. I mean that. Crazy to think about how simple that. Mhm. Mm he breaks is. it down in a simple way, I think, yeah. considering his position, yeah. right? Yeah. But. The thing that got me, was when I don't know if this was an extreme ownership or just another, thing I was listening to by him, but. Yeah. One of the train most free. Mm. when it's on the tracks not when it's off the tracks and just like <laughs> it's gonna crash it's yeah, off the tracks yeah, but yeah. on the tracks it's, it's most free yeah dude, I would listen to one of these uh, one of the com comedians and uh, he was just saying how like Jack was all crazy and he's like yeah. all like gung-ho about it and you know how he's talking about discipline and how this comedian does not I think it's Theo Vaughn I don't know 
Um, and he was like, dude, freedom equals freedom. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to be disciplined. It's freedom it also equals freedom. So. That's hilarious. That was funny. Definitely. I could, he's a, he's, he's go-go. Have you listened to his podcast? Like uh, a couple podcast? episodes, but yeah. then I've also watched like some YouTube videos with him and stuff. Yeah. 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 Cause there's uh, the other guy, Echo Charles, that's part of this like podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so funny. Those two guys are jacked, bro. Yeah, they're freaking massive. They're like, <laughs> and how old, he's got to be pushing like over sixty, easy. I, yeah, I think he's in his fifties or like sixties, but this guy's old. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize how old he was until he came on Fox News. Cause like in black and white, you can't really see like the age. Right. But once he showed up on Fox, I was like, you're like, damn, damn. this guy is old. <laughs> One thing that was in here that I thought was like really funny. Yeah. Not funny, but like, he's talking about food. Mm. The donut thing? That, but then he's like, where he's like listing all these foods, and it's like poison. I don't remember what it is. What's the donut thing? It's like every time you feel like you want to, dude, this is like so thick, I can't even. I don't even, dude, oh, the book that I must have gotten yeah. must have been like an ex like an extended thing, because I don't remember it being that thick at all. I remember like seeing the, the donut part, and that was hilarious. Every time he talks about it, just like, put down the donut. <laughs> that's his, that's his thing. Donut. Okay, so how's, uh, how's things been at home? It's been, so been good. Yeah. Um, he was a little fussy last night, but nothing crazy. This morning he kept wanting to like, because I walk with him every morning, yeah, right? Yeah. So normally he's in the car seat that faces me in the uh -huh. stroller. Yeah. But recently he's been wanting to, he wants to like get out. Yeah, yeah. And so he was like trying to get out of it this morning and I was like, dude, like you, you can't do that. So I yeah. ended up putting him in the other one where he like faces the front. Mm -hmm. So I can't see him. Yeah. But it was so cold. His cheeks got really cold and I was oh, like no. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna have to get him like a baby ski mask or something like that. Wait, you so know? I mean you talk about when you take him into like a stroller? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it has it has the it has the stroller portion, but uh -huh. then you can put his car seat in yeah, there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So when you take the car seat out, you put him in the, but he's facing the front. So all the wind was just like, dang. Yeah. So I don't know what, I'm going to have to figure out something. Dude, how, do. I don't even know how we're going to do this in the winter. Like, I mean, That's you had in the, in the spring too, right? Your baby? You well, April, but I wasn't walking him every day at that gotcha. point. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I told Chantel that. And I was like, cause he likes going outside, but mm -hmm. when it's winter, I'm just, we're just not going to do it maybe unless it's like later on in the day I mean, like I if i do in the like, afternoon maybe yeah they have like winter coats for like babies and stuff right yeah i'm not, I'm not so worried about his internal temperature but yeah. like oh he can't wear stuff. gloves yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah like well he can gloves, gloves like dude's always taking them off because he wants to touch everything <laughs> so i don't even dude this this is literally this, this is the donut part yeah and this is from this is playing because freedom from John oh Lewis are we Bro. filming right now yeah dude oh <laughs> <laughs> We've been filming. I, I like it. A little, little. I know. I, I just like it. Just no, that's that good. Way. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, that's that's what I said before. Like, if I just, or, you know, start it and then you're like, oh, it's starting. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, this is this is weird, but uh, it says, put put it down. Step away from the counter. That's right. Nice and easy. Just back up. Now, you got some pow powdered sugar on your fingers. Whoa. No, no. Don't do not don't lick, lick it up. <laughs> Pick up that napkin over there slowly. Wipe your fingers off. Good. Okay. Set the napkin down. Yep. Right. Now back away. Back away. Turn around. Good. Step out of the door. There you go. 
keep walking. There it is. You're safe for now. But stay vigilant and stay on the path. That's crazy. Yeah, discipline, right there. That's hard. I, have I told you how I keep having dreams of donuts and cake and stuff? No. <laughs> so right now I'm doing 75 hard. Yeah, yeah. And I'm doing like no processed foods, no sugar, yeah. like anything like that. And and I didn't eat like a lot of, like I'm not like a cake guy. Like yeah, yeah. maybe have a couple a year. Yeah. At, like every night the past like it's, two weeks. Just donuts? Donut. Donut holes. I don't even remember <laughs> the last time I had a donut hole. It's because like you're on, you're you're fasting on sugar. Is that what you call Kinda, it? Kinda, yeah. Or is I mean, it more of like a diet. Yeah, it's more like a diet yeah. in a, in the sense, but it's like, because the point of seventy five hard is to really push your limits, right? Yeah, so I was yeah. like, you know what? Last time I did just macros, yeah. it didn't really matter. So yeah. now I wanted to like get a little bit more into it. Yeah. But, yeah, I can't remember last time I had a donut hole. One night I had a dream where I, I could eat the cupcake. Yeah but not the icing on top, so it was just a cupcake. And every yeah. time I have those dreams and I wake up and I'm like, crap, I, I broke it. Like, I got to yeah. start back at day one. Dang. And I get really pissed, but I'm like, ah, I didn't do it. So that's crazy. Do you, like, when it comes to food, do you do fasting? Because I know fasting is more like a spiritual thing, right? Yeah, so I'll do intermittent fasting, but yeah. not in, like, the sense. Some people do it, like, um certain calories per day, certain time window. I'm more yeah. like just, I just don't eat breakfast. It's yeah, just simplified yeah. it. Yeah. And I like bigger meals, so that way I can kind of push all my calories into the big meals. Yeah. Um, I've been doing that now for, since Chantel and I got married. So Dang. I, it's second nature yeah. at this yeah. point. Yeah. That's crazy. Dude, I mean, what do you, what do you think about this fasting in general when it comes to? It's one that is highly underrated, especially in today's society. Yeah. Well, and, and not so much underrated in its effects but yeah. in today's world like you tell somebody you're fasting they might be like why like, yeah what's the purpose um I mean, because it's mostly like a religious uh, it's mostly religious practice yeah. yeah but then at the same time when you there are some inherent like physiological processes that just work better on a fasted state so um when you're sick it's actually really really good to be fasted interesting um and not not for like a whole like extended period of time yeah. but different periods of times where your body can just instead of focusing on taking in food or focusing on certain things just laying in bed fasted state mm -hmm. so it can get rid of what it needs to no like this food hinder the immune system or somewhere no it doesn't really hinder it it's just yeah. another process that your body has to keep track of gotcha. so i mean if you look at animals yeah. a lot of time when they're sick they don't eat true you know That's so true. I, I don't even think about yeah. That. yeah so i think it's a very natural process but in today's society you know work this morning <laughs> yeah we're really quick to and and chicken soup i mean yeah not that that's bad and bone broth has some really really great beneficial properties yeah. so if you yeah. did like periods of fasting with bone broth mm -hmm. you're over sickness in no time that's good dude every time i get sick it's like you you try to not eat a, eat the fatty foods but you still eat you still eat, yep. eat, 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 <laughs> eat. like if i have to take a towel okay i gotta eat before i take the towel oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's crazy but uh that concept of fasting when it comes to spirituality mm -hmm. it's in huge. some ways i understand it yeah right but in some ways it's almost like a mystery as well oh like, yeah like what is it so. actually doing to your mind you know i mean i understand the concept that like when you when you fast, you're hungry, so your body's kind of at a stage of like, yeah. 
I remember I stayed up like alertness to like constantly like look around yeah. for something that's missing. Yeah. I don't I think it's the idea of like when you're hungry, you also remember why you're hungry. Right. And when you when you remember that you also remember like the spiritual aspect of it. You're remembering God, you're remembering um I don't know. Have you have you ever read the book Made to Crave? No. It's pretty cool. Um yeah. it's written by this lady who talks about just our association with food in general. Yeah. But discussing how our our bodies in a spiritual sense naturally crave something, yeah. right? Like we we naturally crave a you know a higher being, or like we naturally know out that out there there's a God. Yeah. I think. And so she discusses that with our relationship with food, yeah. we tend to put food in that craving, and it masks that association essentially, or yeah. that that desire that yeah. want. And so I think in that same vein that we're talking about, like the more you can fast, the more yeah. you can focus on, okay, am I craving food because I am just craving food? Yeah. Or am I craving something deeper mm. that could be more aligned with God? Interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a good book. I think a lot of Christians could benefit from it today, especially when we talk about health in general. Yeah. I mean, when, when people talk about fasting, they always go to the concept of like Jesus fasting and the mm -hmm. wilderness for 40, for 40 days. days yeah. Do you think that's actually humanly possible? Uh, An average American, do you think it's possible? An average American? American? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. But I think you can get to that point where if you you yeah. can build up. Yeah. Um, but there's parts of that too where you have, you, I think it's possible. You just have to be careful. And it takes somebody with really, really good self-awareness. Cause yeah. I mean, nobody had better self-awareness than Jesus, I yeah. think. Yeah. And on top of that, he also had like, God was with him, with yeah. him yeah. more than probably any other individual. I don't know if he fasted on water as well. I think he would, I think he would have. He drank water? Or yeah. fasted on water? Like, no, I think he drank water. Yeah, I'm, I think so too. I mean, then again, he was in the desert, though. Yeah, but he had a bottle of water and a smart water. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And it comes back to too, like, I mean, I mean, Moses struck the rock and water came out. So I don't know if like maybe that was a way or. But that's a complicated thing because like that was the first thing like the devil tempted him right with being his own provider. Yeah, and that's interesting. Did he provide himself his own water? Or did God provide mm. him water? I don't know. Ooh. That's, that's, that's an interesting That's a concept. good question. Yeah. I mean, then again, like, I, how many days do you, uh, can a human survive without water? I think it's, like, max four to six. It's, it's like not nearly as long as food. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Because I know, I know even, at like, the fourth or fifth day, you're, like, almost dying. Yeah, pretty much at that point, if you don't get, like, an IV in you, you're toast. That's wild. That is wild. But there's all, and when I say that too, I mean there's sources of water where you can get like if you ate something like you think about people that are like shipwrecked. Yeah, yeah. They don't drink. You can't drink the salt water. Yeah, obviously, yeah. but they eat food that has water, water. content. Probably so. eat like cactus or something. Yeah, <laughs> I've always wanted to try cactus. Well, I've had cactus in like Mexican food and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Have but you had the cactus fruit? No, Dude, it's a whole different taste, right? Yeah, you know Rico from church. Yeah, he like I went to his house and he was getting some car fix, getting my car fixed that day, and he like brought me in and we were just eating like tacos and breakfast and whatnot. And he brought me this uh, tacos for breakfast. It sounds like my it's time. like a breakfast taco, bro. Like like huevos rancheros. I don't even 
know what you said, but, <laughs> but <laughs> sure to that. I'm always down for tacos, yeah, no matter yeah. what time of day. Yeah, it was basically like eggs, peppers, um, and like a bunch of other stuff. Black like, beans. Yeah, and, and yeah, he like yeah. mixed all that in like a pot, and then he, his his little daughter, um, she like made like the taco shells, and then he just pretty much put it in, and mm. then put like sauce, and then just down that. Mm. It was good. Yeah, it was I bet. Good. My mouth is wide. <laughs> 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 uh, but he gave me that fruit, and it was like pink. Oh really? It was pink. And you know how you know how you see like have you seen the flowers of cactus? Yeah. They're like, like the, kind of the bright. Yeah. And then that eventually turns into a fruit. So really? I did not okay. I was picturing like the core of the cactus. No, 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 no. I mean you can huh. eat the flesh, but it's like bitter. Yeah. You have, you have aloe, aloe vera. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's bitter, right? So yeah. it's like pretty much, I think it's worse. That's um, what I would have associated it with, but yeah, I've never but had the fruit then, I guess. This one is sweet, right? It's a, it's like powdery, mushy, but it's sweet. So you, like, spoon it, or you... So basically, like, and that has spikes as well, right? So you cut all the spikes yeah. off of it, and then you... He, like, cuts it into, like, slices, and then you can, like, scoop it. So when you scoop it, it comes kind of like a powdery chunks on it. Interesting. So, huh. And apparently it's okay. Well, it sounds like we need to go over there for breakfast another <laughs> Dude, time. That guy is probably one of the most hospitable guys, hospitable guys I've ever really? met. He, every time you come, you have to. It's like the culture. <laughs> yeah. If you get mad a bit, if you, if you he does eat. get mad if you don't eat or if you don't like spend time after like. See, I would break my fast for that. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, for sure, he and then you, when you come to his house, he sits down. His wife makes food, and you know how that Mexican culture where like. Honey, make me some tacos. Yeah. <laughs> and his wife's like, you Whip know, ripping up. up stuff. And and you just sit there and like his wife brings stuff. You eat, you talk. And at least you have, at least you have to talk for an hour before you leave. And we need that, more of that though. Yeah. That, that culture, that culture is interesting. Um, and I, I, dude, I definitely think there is so much good that comes from culture. Yeah. But I think that at least as Christians, like, we tend to worship our culture, mm -hmm. and we can't, we don't stray away from our culture, and that kind of has its, like, downfalls, and, like, what do you, what do you think about that? So, like, worshiping, like, church culture, or, or I mean, like... culture in general, because, um... Or, like, human culture. Human culture, gotcha. because that's, that's, like, of this world, yeah. world, right? Yeah. And, I mean, we're asked to be in the world not of it right so culture is part of the world right um but people tend to like like i said there's so much benefit that comes from culture but yeah. then it comes to a point where like they can't do anything outside of their culture right and i think satan's like the master deceiver with that you know he yeah. he makes it makes you think that either other cultures are wrong or other cultures you know you can't experience for some reason yeah um I, but i think at the end of the day a a variety of cultures and experiencing those variety of cultures are like a beautiful thing of life that if we experience but not put at the top yeah, you know yeah. then it's something that god would be like yeah this is awesome like experience different cultures with your brothers and sisters not yeah. not in a worshiping sense like you said though yeah i can see that and going back to that have you seen the video of um online where this kid has a police lab matter on his I just laptop. saw that, <laughs> And they said, uh, it was a multicultural room, and they're like, uh, the white whites are culture. <laughs> they're like, they're like uh, but we're a culture too, and they were like, they got mad, bro. They were like, white is not a culture. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. They literally 
everything you're standing on right now is white culture universities your phone every little the books that that have been written they're all white culture yeah you know and it is so strange where i feel like white people kind of tend to just take it all mm -hmm. take all the punishment take all the blame take all yeah. and it's like to the point where like it's you can't really say much Th those kids this this took their ground for a little yeah. bit right they're like oh we're a culture too and then um they got kind of got aggressive right and the kid the, it was pretty much girls fighting two white guys you know? i was and glad when the other guy came over though too and he yeah. was like he has every right just to be here yeah, yeah. even with that yeah. I don't think I saw that part though. Oh, I you did it, it was a short clip that I saw of them just harassing Yeah, them. so another guy came up. Yeah. I don't know if he was white because it, it, you couldn't really tell. He might have been like white and Asian, but but yeah, I, I mean, I think there's that, that misconstruing too of like white being culture and we forget that it's, it's not just Americans that are white. Like there's this whole European side that does have a true, you know, Absolutely. if you don't want to call American white culture culture, that does have a true culture. You think of like Ireland, you think of England itself. They got some culture over there that's mm -hmm. that's very different. Mm -hmm. So, and they brought over here, so. And do you think all white people came, like all the white, white people that did come to the States kind of blended into one culture? Mm, no, definitely not at the beginning. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe now since we're, you know, but with the invent of travel and all that kind of stuff. But if you look at people when they come to Ellis Island and they actually immigrate to the United mm -hmm. States, that's why we have cities like New York where there was like, um, you know, Germantown or there was oh, like, Italian. yeah, Italians, yeah, Italians like they had town. like these almost like sects mm -hmm. of, of cultures in that area because that's what they knew. And they, they brought over really good food and things like that. So I don't mm -hmm. think, I don't think it maybe was necessarily like that in the beginning for mm -hmm. sure. Maybe not till maybe not till after World War Two did it start to kind of all mix and integrate as yeah. much. And I was listening to one one of my favorite podcasts and this caller called in and said he said, Why are we uniting things that God already divided? Mm. And by unite by uniting races and culture through marriage you're making god angry and i thought that was the wildest thing mm. he could ever call in and say yeah but it made me think a lot are we supposed to be separated are we supposed to be are we supposed to be in, uh, like to uh reproduce with our own type that's hard because I, we both well, are in like a, a interracial marriage yeah basically. yeah well when you think about and this is where i don't know where it would maybe change but if you think about the jews right Jews is a culture we're supposed to only marry within Jewish mm -hmm. culture for a very specific reason because they were God's chosen people right and I, when they when they started straying away from that we saw issues you know whether it's yeah. all all throughout the Bible as soon as they marry the Egyptians or you know Solomon marrying different wives from all kinds of countries issues presented themselves yeah um, so I mean I don't think necessarily that they shouldn't be it like together, but I think there needs to be also protective factor of where you came from too. Cause a lot of people, they marry into a different culture and they forget the whole other side the of roots, where they came from. Yeah, the roots. And I think that is an important piece to keep just because 
not out of like a these are my roots like I need to hold on to them for any specific reason but just knowing where you came from I think is a very very important thing I agree with that at the same time like why when I immigrated here from India yeah right my plan was to come here get an education yeah. you know um, but that was it. That was all. My, that's that's. With plans to go thought. back, or I didn't think about those things. Gotcha. Right. I never thought about going back. I thought I would travel more. I thought I would explore more countries. And I mean, I'm still young enough to do all those things. Right. right? But when I came here, I burned my bridges and thinking that my life goes forward from here. Mm. Right. Yeah. I have no plans of looking back. I have no plans on wanting to go back. Not not saying that I wanted to stay here in the States right. for the rest of my life. But this uh, this idea when you come into this new country, you kind of have to like leave your traditions, leave your culture behind, leave what you yeah. know so you can integrate with the American culture. Yeah. Whatever it is, you know. Um, and the concept of being in America was about freedom, was about freedom of speech, yeah. was about, um, you know, merit system, you know, and and equal opportunity if you work hard. For sure. Right. And that's that's what most immigrants come here for because when you when you think about the concept of like if you work hard you get more money. Yeah. And you get more you get in money in dollars. Yeah. And if you keep working hard you can get to where you wanna be. And that's absolutely true. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't matter if you're white, black or for sure. Asian or immigrant or whatever, right? Hundred percent. It says if you work hard enough, you can get to a certain plateau, you can get to a certain place where you want to be in terms of business, in terms of making money. Yeah. And that's what everybody wants when they come when they come here. And I think that's I think that's key to preserving American culture. Yeah. Because back home, like India was a failed socialist state, right? And we have so many countries around us that are obviously China's right next to us. Yeah. Communist, where you can work hard as you can work twenty hours a day, or or less, and still be in the same status. Yeah. yeah, and that's wild, dude. Yeah, that is wild. Like, would you consider that a part of culture, or crazy, should it be considered part crazy of culture? The crazy thing about that is, not India and China weren't always um, communist or socialist right. type of state like china was uber um capitalist mm. they were so capitalist they were chinese nationalists yeah until the um mao took yeah, over yeah. and you know the whole communist uh, the chinese communist party came in and you know made that structure they hated the people that made money because everybody had the chance of making money but the people that did make money they were jealous of those people right and that's pretty much what's happening Sound familiar. Too. yeah, yeah. And the same way where, like, he wanted to revolutionize China, make everything equal so, you know, so everybody can have an opportunity, like a socialist paradise. But pretty much what happened was everybody became equal, yeah. but everybody went into labor camps. You know, everybody became <laughs> That's equal. That's the thing. Everybody becomes equal, but nobody wins. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody becomes equal in the eyes of the government. Yeah. Right? So you pretty much... Peasants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up peasants, <laughs> and all your property is now the government's. Your field, your field, your land, your your crops, 
And yeah. once once all those things are given to the government, they can decide if you want to eat or not, and they can decide if you want to keep your own crops or not. Yeah. Um, and Jordan Peterson was saying that like in Venezuela, you know how everybody the, the whole uh, socialist Same agenda thing. came in yeah. there, and they were talking about he was talking about how everybody has an equal opportunity to starve. <laughs> and I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. And for people to want that in this country, it almost seems backwards because you were talking about this a long time ago, um, but this is the first experiment of right. consistent capitalism over such a long period of time. Yeah. And with that foundational root exactly documents that, yeah. exactly that the, the constitution is the only document that helps helps against fight against tyranny yeah right and as a business owner like how do you, how do you feel about that if something like that is um like a government yeah um, program so yeah yeah i think it i think whenever i discuss this it's always important to think about okay how are humans created to be we love to be inventive we mm -hmm. love to be creative mm -hmm. I mean we have supercomputers in our phone that are made out of freaking rocks and the like how did we even get to that point mm -hmm. but it's because we love to expand and, and do different things and I think whenever you have this concept of, of a governing agency trying to take command over a creative mentality that's wrong because then it suppresses that ability to be creative, that ability to bring solutions to the human frame. So creative and be free, it suppresses yeah. that? Yes. Okay, so you're saying that when you're creative, you there's no other way. So you can't, so you're saying that like, you can't be creative and suppressed at the same time? No, I'm saying that the government's constantly trying to take that creative capacity. They're trying to take ownership of what you create. Got it, got yeah. And you, so you think people are just kind of like, they're just dull. They just don't want to create because they're in that state of survival. I mean, yeah, I think that can produce that for yeah. sure. Um, I don't think we're there yet, but yeah. definitely can. I mean, if you think about, I mean, right now, I guess too, you can even, it's, it's maybe a starting point. Cause if you think when you don't have a foundational opportunity to be creative or because humans, we operate on fear. So mm -hmm. in, in China, for instance, if you are fearful of the governmental state because you have a idea or a thought and they, they try to break you down because, mm -hmm. I mean, we just listened to that, the... Yeah, yeah the girl yeah. from North Korea yeah. who, like, if you said anything, any thought against the North Korean government, you would literally be... I mean, I don't know if they kill them or if they put them in a concentration camp style for I mean, her. it's pretty much eventual death. Yeah. One of those two, yeah. right? And so that governmental control, as far as the business owner, is very, very dangerous because businesses, especially in a capitalistic, capitalistic society, they start to bring a solution to a problem. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, you think about Amazon, as much as people don't like Jeff Bezos, it's a solution to a problem that we had, True. you know? And Uber, all this kind of stuff that, that now you see the government trying to take something that's not theirs take a person's idea take a person's creative solution mm -hmm. and either tax it put a label on it well okay you can have it but you can only do these things that's crazy you know and i think it just it's dampening to that system because because eventually you get to the point well why would i even bother 
creating something if I'm always going to be a peasant. Yeah. I'm always going to be a slave, you know? And speaking of China, I think that's the only reason why they copy everything and they don't create for themselves. <laughs> <laughs> the cheaper model, yeah. Was it you that was talking about, how, like, if you've seen an, a fake iPhone? I don't think so. Dude, there's, like, out there, even in India, they, like, export it to India as well. There's fake iPhones where it looks exactly like an iPhone, uh, but has an Android system in it. That's weird. It's so weird. <laughs> like, it's the wackiest thing. So is it just the external? It's the external like... that's, uh, and it's, like, it's kind of, like, cheap made as yeah. well. It doesn't have that iPhone weight to it. So it's, like, light. Oh, my god! But it's, it's like, you turn it on, it's, like, Android. I'm, like, dude, that, that's that's crazy. On that concept, dude, it's kind of, um, you know, we talk about how China's recently been with the Taliban mm -hmm. and had access now to a lot of our military weapons. Yeah. I think that's a scary thought in there in terms of their replication. Sure. Um, but that was just a mental note that I was thinking of when the, they try to replicate everything, we give them, hey, here's this. I never thought of it that way. So basically, you're saying that they could, they can just. Whatever technology we had, if they didn't have it before, yeah, they can replicate it now. That's wild. I never even thought that. And who knows? Maybe they had it before, but it's still just one of those things where it's like, you know. They know what we already have, and they can implement more on that. Yeah, yeah. And it, which makes it even more of... Disadvantage to us. Was this a calculated move? I, I don't know. I, I, it was questionable doubt that yeah. I, there it could be. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. What do you think about the, uh, we'll get into chiropractic eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think about the Haitian invasion? You know what? I, I keep coming back to, instead of like diving into the, the mess that's going on right yeah. now is yeah. how did all these people from Haiti Instantly get there? Get there. Yeah. Uh, like, were they just chilling in Mexico or like? I, I don't understand because Haiti think there's is like boats ready to like ship people across Mexico. How I've seen what ten thousand people overnight from, from Haiti to Mexico. Yeah, or, yeah. Which begs the question: Why? You know, like why? How did these people from the island of Haiti? What What was the Mexican government's promise to them? Or you know, I don't. That's where I always come back to is like I, they they're there now, but how in the world did they all get there? Yeah. And I don't see. I what I assume is that the bo the southern border of Mexico is super protected, mm -hmm. but I don't think the coast, like the east coast of the border of Mexico, is protected at all. Um, because right now they're in Del Rio, yeah, inside the United States, right? Yeah. And you you saw the images of like they built a little Haiti under. <laughs> Did they really? Under, oh, under that bridge. Under yeah. Bridge. They, uh -huh. they built huts. They built like tents and stuff. Yeah. Like, Dude, they literally turned that place into a third world country instantly. <laughs> and I was like, that is crazy, and and it was it was wild because now they're like they banned the horses from. Um, yeah. And I was like, what the hell? Like they were literally using those horses to around other people and. And they're getting flagged for that. I feel like horses are gonna be banned eventually in, uh, in the United whole. States because you know how Joe Rogan is called the horse dewormer guy now because oh, like, he took because <laughs> yeah. eventually horses are gonna be racist because they're used in oh white supremacy gosh. culture. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So I I don't know. It, it's just wild times to think about how how Trump made a statement about people. You know, when you come, 
when you come into the States, come to come through the front door, right? Don't come through the back. Yeah. And I understand that there's a big legal process. It's a lot of money that's involved. Yeah, you and I there's, both yeah. know that more than anybody. And there's a lot of patience and fear involved with things actually gonna, you know, come out the right way. Yeah. Um but at the same time, like, yes, when you come in as a refugee, there if your papers are right, they'll let you in, right? They will let you in, they will consider you as a refugee. Even Trump under Trump administration there they had a lot. Yeah, yeah. They did that. But when you come in in caravans and ten thousand people because there was seven hundred people, right? Seven hundred Haitians and overnight when they said they're not sending and deporting people back, ten thousand of them showed up. Yeah. Well it's kinda like um and correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. when when like if I visit India, yeah, I'm told not to give money to people that are asking for it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What's the reasoning behind that? I wouldn't assume that there's any you you instantly become a target. Yeah, not like a, like a malicious thing, but like once I give money to one person, do would I get flocked with other people? Oh, for sure, absolutely, yeah. dude. Yeah. And so I think I that would be an equatable factor. It's like, oh, they're not sending us away. Mm-hmm. Now's our time to go. You know, and they're they're taking advantage of of a of a policy right now, mm-hmm. which I, I don't blame them for that. Mm-hmm. You know, like if if I had a chance to better my family's life in this country doesn't care. 100%. I would go. Yeah, I would so, go too. I understand where they are coming yeah, from. Yeah, for sure. Like, I understand where the, uh, the immigrants or the refugees are coming from because anybody would, you yeah. know? But there is an absolute risk of coming here. You know, people are willing to um, risk their lives. Mm-hmm. One guy at the border that, that was not allowed to go in, he said, man, I spent all these all this money coming here i should have invested it in a business back home mm. and i was like you should you should have invested in that better business. that country too yeah and and i know why because the value of the currency here is right. so big right it's so big compared to where you are from so once once you the same hard work like i said before the same hard work that you do there if you do here you get quadruple or even more the time oh, of yeah. money and well and it has an ex you can grow it exactly. even, you know and who wouldn't want that right right and but what's ironic too is that same fabric that people want to come for is currently being trying to be taken yeah. and, and put away with at yeah. the same time yeah so it's a be a false promise and the more you have people coming in if that was torn away then we would i think we would instantly go to the third world 100 percent. unless the american people obviously decide not to let it happen and one one thing that a lot of people are fearful for is are they really vetting the people that are coming in? Yeah. And even the Afghans that they brought over, even dude, if you go to the border, it's not just Mexican people that are coming in. Yeah. There are people from Africa, people all from all over the world, like from the Middle East. Um and I just hope this this um administration of being careful with them, the people that they're letting in and i'm saying i don't think they are though bro i don't i don't let people in but absolutely bang them if they're refugees if they're coming from a really really horrible situation right. like i'm vetting, all for that vetting them and putting them somewhere where they can thrive because yeah. where are they getting put you know they're just being dispersed into like different states and letting them i mean they have like they have certain um um 
refugee programs where they you know take people in and you know they help them out because I have like I went to school with so many people from um uh, from Rwanda um all from Congo so yeah. many different African countries that come here they have a good life you know and they're starting their own business and it's great yeah right but they're bringing in people little by little so they're not coming in like big car caravans where if they come in with a big population of people they can blend into the the culture here they'll just form their own pocket and then the and that's the usually what way. happens yeah. yeah and then they'll build their own little culture there and that mm -hmm. never really blends in with the, the american people and it kind of becomes like a small third world country which right. looks like a ghetto for for americans and pretty much what happens well um, into the fault of some americans is we can judge them for and just not or maybe we they only speak that language so we can't even communicate with them to to exactly. become a, their neighbor exactly and people like that just don't really go farther from their community because they can't speak the language or whatever and they yeah. just you know kind of stay in that same state however like if they bring people little by little and put them in places where they can develop because they yeah. can't be a part of their culture then they can grow up and be business owners and work hard have that same mentality well, and that's that's one thing that I talked with Chantel when we she was first immigrating over here yep. because I was like, man, like I don't have I don't have a problem with people coming in, mm -hmm. you know. In fact, I I think in some instances, especially within the people immigrating, it should be easier mm -hmm. and cheaper. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine how much did you, we paid like three thousand yeah. dollars. So yeah. imagine if we cut that in half. Say, hey, you can utilize half of this money to start your new life here in America mm -hmm. and grow and build a business. Mm -hmm. Imagine how much more people would thrive with that, you know? I I totally understand that concept, but you still need to vet those people. No, like, yeah. Who, who, no, who this, keep the process yeah. the same. Yeah. But realistically, then this comes back to the government is, yeah. what are they doing with that money? Because the, the workers that, that process me mm -hmm. and you, mm -hmm. well, my wife and yeah. you, yeah. They're not getting that money, you know. They they are maybe getting a fraction. If, their salary or hourly. Yeah, which wages, probably yeah. is not very high. So mm -hmm. where else is that going, you know? And it's not going to any restructuring of that person's life, restructuring of of education, you know, for what an American ideal is, or language, or anything to support them. Whereas mm -hmm. if they put a chunk of that money, I think it's almost like an investment in that person. It's their money, mm -hmm. but. Setting up programs to better their success, I think, would be would be cooler. Yeah, in my opinion. And that's crazy. Like all the. Would you say in your whole lifetime of being, how long since you've been an adult? Like ten years of being an adult. Mm, yeah. Or twenty years right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, in that ten years, how? What's the craziest point of America you've ever observed? In terms of like what how people are acting or yeah i would say just the craziness the chaos where there's no order where everything flies and um, when do you think it started i don't know because i didn't start paying attention really until maybe five years ago yeah so i'm it because even when like obama was in office i was like you hear rumblings and stuff mm -hmm. right but i'm like at the end of the day like I still had a, maybe that kid mentality when it's yeah. like, dude, I just want to play video games, talk with my friends, yeah. and go out to eat or something like mm -hmm. that, you know? Mm -hmm. So that mentality, I think, switched when it was like, I could vote. Mm 
mm-hmm. which I uh, I was able to vote when I was 18, but mm-hmm. it, it wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Trump ran for office, I could vote as well. So, and that was where I was, and I was starting to go into professional school. I was starting to, I was married. So I was like, it's a little bit bigger deal right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like I gotta really do my due diligence as an American citizen to not, not only vote, but then also at the same time, like really think about what policies and are affecting my life. Yeah. yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, like the, the, we tend to latch on or people, especially nowadays, if you voted for a certain individual, people tend to believe you just love that person, you know, yeah. when in reality, I'm like, it could be freaking, I don't care who it necessarily is. If their policy is okay. Yep. You know, I don't, yeah. I'm not, I'm not here to determine if they're a person that is like a saint mm-hmm. on their, even though it'd be nice if they have good integrity, obviously, but if their policies are put in place, that allows me to be a better leader in my community. Yeah. You know, so if, if their policies help our communities to grow, that's, I don't, it doesn't matter what they tweet or, you know, whatever to me, you know? So, and right now, I don't think our the policies are there for our communities to grow. I certainly agree with you on that standpoint. You know? Not that, again, not that Trump was like the end-all, be-all, but there were certain things but about that. that was the beginning, right? There was the beginning of... I think that was the beginning of division that we see now, which is so oh, high, sure. yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and I, which I, people couldn't separate that the, or couldn't get the concept that you just love government because you mm-hmm. voted for a certain individual, mm-hmm. you know, and that whole craziness that I was talking, asking you about in the Obama administration, there was a lot of people that were upset, right? Like there was in general, yeah, or, there was yeah. a lot of people that were, that were upset. There were a lot of people that were, um, didn't agree with a lot of what Obama did, right. but they this kind of kept quiet. The Republican side, they just kind of kept quiet. They didn't really like, you know, come out with anger. For sure. And it was not even the Obama administration. There was not a whole lot of divide, but during the Trump administration, there was so much unity, but at the same time, there was so much division that mm-hmm. was starting to occur. Yeah. Um, where people, people that like Trump people that you know, like the conservative Republican ideology, they all came together, which is predominantly most of America, Yeah, uh, which is good. And that's why Trump became president. Um, but eventually, towards the end of Trump's candidate, like, you know, Trump's uh, administration, um, there was so much, you know, they, they tried to impeach him twice. Yeah. You know, they tried to uh, kick him out of office and that divide just was just constant over and over and mm-hmm. over again where people's minds were programmed to hate the opposite. Yeah. Just hate. Pure hate. Pure hate. Pure hate. Just if you if you're a Republican, you're you you, you, hate you can't immigrants. even be associated with something. Yeah, you people. hate immigrants, you hate black people, you right. hate all kinds of different people. Um, all you love is being a white supremacist. And that's pure and, and how do you how how do you how do you fight that? Because it's not a lo- it's not a logical argument. Yeah, and you're backed into a corner with a name, white supremacist, and you're like, how do I even like address them because it doesn't make sense, or even if I say I'm not, it makes it worse. Yeah, you know. And I just hope, and all you can do is hope, right, for for things to go in the right direction. But now let's get into what we actually came here okay. to <laughs> talk about, which is uh, uh, well, a. Can I grab coffee real quick? Oh, dude, totally. Okay. Totally. <laughs>
<laughs> Dude, this is. I'm gonna change that podcast title to call it the hut. The hut. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is like a hut, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. I was like, dude, dad, this, this is a small storage area. Where it makes good for acoustics, though. Yeah, yeah. And it's not that cold in here. I mean, there's, no, I think there's not good. a whole lot of, like, ventilation, but that's nice. But, uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking the other day, like, this podcast is going to be... It's nicer because like i know you yeah you know and yeah. sometimes like interviewing professionals like you have this nerves where like you have to ask them the right question oh, no, dude, like, well, yeah. you know? <laughs> and and i was like oh this is gonna be like smoother than the other ones that i've done not but, so um, rigid yeah yeah um so what are, the, what are the books that you've done yeah so i got um a couple different books that have been integral to um my chiropractic career so um i got a couple on my ipad but the one that I brought on my iPad is um, Reality Check by a lady named Heidi Havoc. She's a chiropractor and her, she puts out a ton of good research, just like phenomenal research that is focused on, okay, this is what we say, what chiropractic is, how does it relate to actual research today? So she um, has just like a lot of good insight on, as to what is actually going on in the human body when we do in chiropractic um i brought this one is called for the 14 foundational premises for the scientific and philosophical validation of chiropractic wellness paradigm um and i thought this might be a really good picture for the readers depending on what we discuss um because as you know in our office we talk a lot about stress as a whole um stress and how it relates to human disease and he does a really good job of breaking it down study by study and, and even just physiological processes of like, okay, outside of, outside of the philosophy of chiropractic, which we can get into in a little bit, but how does it break it down? How does the body respond to the stressors that are taking place? And what does adjusting the spine have to do anything with that, you know? Um, so I brought like this, this picture, this photograph that if I reference anything, like, I don't know if you want to put it up no, or I'll, not. I'll put it on yeah. there. And then I just brought this book. Um, it's called The Glory of Going On, mm -hmm. but it is one of many what's called green books. And the son of the founder of chiropractic, his name was, his real name was Joshua Bartlett, but he goes by BJ. Mm -hmm. BJ Palmer, he wrote all kinds of books, um, things called epigrams, which are just like a one sentence, like, mind-blown type of thing i guess you could say but i just brought this as an example too there's there's he just has written so many books and so many things on chiropractic philosophy life in general um and just things of that that chiropractors can build upon their knowledge their philosophy and no and this comes back to our roots is knowing where we came from knowing why chiropractic was such a big deal back in the day. Um, so I should have brought to um, Think and Grow Rich because BJ Palmer is referenced in that book. Got it. Think and Grow Rich, but. Yeah, and uh, I was talking to this guy that, um, who was doing my plasma poke oh, yeah. um, at the plasma center. And I asked him, I was like, 
Oh, he asked me what, what I was doing to, uh, today, and I told him, like, hey, I'm you know, doing a podcast. And he was like, oh, what are you doing? This was, was this like, morning? No, it was actually yesterday. Oh. So I said, so, uh, I'm going to do a podcast tomorrow. And he was like, well, what's it about? I was like, hey, I'm interviewing this uh, chiropractor guy, but he's also my friend, so we just, like, talk, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I told him that the difference that I've known, like, before it was, my mindset about chiropractor, it was, like, it was two different uh types of medicine that was mm -hmm. targeting one issue so they're competing it was gotcha. more of a competition yeah. that's what i thought uh, that whole uh, divide was yeah. where one hated the other yeah. type of deal and um i told them like hey there's those are actually two different professions mm -hmm. where one is the firefighter and one is the carpenter yeah and when i when i understood that concept that was just like okay that makes me trust chiropractic yeah. more um, but if you want to just go into that whole uh, uh, firefighter carpenter yeah, thing, yeah, for sure. I think that is, and it helps a lot of people click with what doctor to use and when. Um, so the main premise of what I do in my office and a lot of other offices around the country is there's um, a concept of a firefighter. Okay, he puts out a fire, right? He puts out a fire with two tools, either an axe or a hose to spray water on it. Um, now, when he does that and your house is on fire, you need it, right? You, nobody wants their house to burn down. Nobody wants their house to be rubbish. Um, but the axe that breaks down the door, breaks down the windows, and then the water that goes on all their family photos, the couch, the, the flooring, um, it's not necessarily good for the house, you know? It's still has a damaging process because without the fire, you wouldn't need that, right? But it's necessary. Um, we like to view that as the medical approach. And at least in my office, I view that as the medical approach. And that's to say that medicine certainly has a place in today's society. So it's not a us versus them mentality. It's, it's no, they, we, we have accidents all the time. It's, it's one of the top reasons why people die. And we died a lot more back in the day because we didn't have medicine like we do to have today emergency medicine I, there's none better nothing better so and just I, to clarify you don't hate medicine, medicine. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i think that you know i always view that as the firefighter approach okay there's a fire we need to put it out let them do their job don't call me if you have a heart attack or if you have a um you know arm for, cut off yeah that. something something that's like that very life dependent Okay, because I can't adjust that away. Um, but there's the concept of okay, your fire got put out, right? But your house is in rubbish. It's mm -hmm. there's char everywhere. Maybe the, there's everything's burnt to a crisp, you know, and your house just looks like garbage. You can't live in that. You can't. You you could still die in that house, you know. The firefighters can actually keep you from going into that house. So it needs to be rebuilt because you still like your house, even though it looks like garbage. You're like, what? Well, I want to move. Mm -hmm. well, maybe some people want to move. I don't know. For all the arsons out there <laughs> committing insurance fraud. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, I, that was the first thing I thought about when people said, <laughs> he said they might move. I was like, oh, people probably, people probably would though. Yeah. Their own house, yeah. But in that concept, it needs to be rebuilt. It needs to be restored to make it livable again. Cause we have everything's burnt to a crisp. You can't be there. So what do we need to do? That's where we view, view a carpenter coming in, bringing in raw materials like the wood, nails, things to rebuild the house, restore it and make it livable again, which is 
what my main focus as a chiropractor is, is okay, I'm not gonna fix you in the middle of a heart attack. But after your heart attack, even if you're on medication, let's see how we can restore your body to function the way that it's supposed to, to make it livable again, to make it thrive again. Because I think the biggest misconception that today is, especially today, is that I need a medication to live, which is not true at all. And you don't come out of, you know, we didn't talk about this in the, in the talk the other day, but you don't come out of the, out of the womb needing aspirin. You know, you're not deficient in aspirin, okay? What do we what do we do during our lifetime that we need to take an aspirin to a day to keep the doctor away or whatever they say? So um, within that, that, the two mentalities is like, we need emergency medicine for sure, but we also need something to bring us back to health and restore after things go wrong or before things get to that point as well. That's, that's interesting. And to understand the fact that the spine is the, would you say the spine is the foundation of a house or would you say it's the structure of the house? Um, or does that even apply to that? It doesn't, it, yeah, because it doesn't really apply because of what's under the spine, yeah. right? Because when we talk about, especially in chiropractic, it's, we all have this innate intelligence, right? That is always seeking to keep us alive, no matter what, always seeking to perform our body's most necessary things in that moment to keep us alive so the spine really just protects what transfers that innate intelligence right so we have in my opinion innate intelligence was the breath of life from god you know that's why we're alive you know nobody knows what like life is essentially we can't you can't like scientifically prove oh you're alive for this reason we just know you're alive or you're dead right yeah that makes sense yeah. um so what's under the spine though is our nervous system our nervous system essentially houses i would say that life capacity or that force um and it's the only thing so our nervous system is our brain and our spinal cord our central nervous system we have peripheral too but our central nervous system that houses basically who we are right what protects that and it's the only organ that has its own protection system is the skull and the spine so i don't know that the spine necessarily relates well to the house analogy other than the fact of it it, it houses the life i guess you could say interesting um it's, it's more of an the spine is more of an armor to make sure that that's protected gotcha and when the spine is pretty much adjusted uh because from what I've listened and learned from chiropractic in general, yeah. the spine, the spinal cord is responsible for every function in the human body in yeah. terms of like your organs and your skin um, and everything along those lines. Yeah, the, the entire central nervous system, that is what, so our, our brain sends those signals to the cells, tissues, organs via our spinal cord and goes out to our nerves, to all that. Mm -hmm. So it is what, makes you function at the end of the day. And why do you think people don't understand that once that is protected, once that is healthy, your whole body is, is healthy? I think because two reasons. There's a lot of chiropractors out there that have oversold and under-delivered on their stuff and maybe even had a misconstrued concept of what they're doing for a certain individual. Um, but then also the fact of 
we as humans, and this can be an ingrainment from the medical community or can be an ingrainment for, in general, we, we like to, oh, what's gonna give me help? What's going to make me my best self? What's going to, you know, we always tend to try to extrapolate from things outside of us. And I think at the end of the day, it's a lie, we're insecure. We don't believe we have the power to heal, but we do. We've always had that power. We've always, for, for since humans began. And that's what, I, you know, BJ Palmer talks about a lot about is why should we trust necessarily anything outside of the body to give us help when that's not what formed us in the first place? That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. And going back to what you were saying, podcast that I really like listening to it's uh it's called the Jesse Lee Peterson trail it's it's a funny podcast um it talks a lot about uh God spirituality relationships said Jesse Lee Jesse Lee Peterson nice. um it's a pretty controversial guy he's a black republican you know oh, and yeah. a lot of people don't really like him mm. but he has a lot of great points what's well, fun yeah. let's I want to go back to the political conversation yeah yeah Black people now are being called white supremacists. <laughs> <That's your point. laughs> the black like, face, Larry Elder. Yeah, the dude, black, like, what the heck are we talking the about? Black face of white supremacy. That you cannot have a, a political value that aligns with white people without being called white or being called white. <laughs> black face of white. Supremacy. Oh, dude, if he's wearing the, if he's a, a, you know, wearing the black face, that's a pretty good darn black face. Eh? <laughs> 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 he's wearing. And did you see that? Uh, did you see that that white lady? I don't know if she's white or whatever. She wore the gorilla mask and tried to egg him. Egg the egg him, yeah. And dude, if that was a de- Democrat, dude, dude, Black Lives Matter. Jesse Smollett needs to take notes on that <laughs> real situation. Black Lives right? Matter would be at the door knocking, chanting. But it was because he was a Republican that it didn't matter. And Swept under the rug. Heard about it for a day. Yeah, literally a day, and not even mainstream, really. I know, and. It was whack because nobody said anything about it, and no, there was no Black Lives Matter about that. There was no um, racist comments about that. It was just the fact that, oh, it happened, and... Um, I can't really think of anything more racist than a lady in a gorilla <laughs> suit egging a black man. A black, yeah, and, and that was wild, and I don't even know what we were talking about initially. You were talking about Jesse Lee's Yeah, yeah, so... Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> um, the concept about when do people stop living from the inside and depending on the outside. Mm, yeah. Right. When it comes to spirituality as well. For sure. Yeah. And that when people started giving feedback and talking about that, that blew my mind. Yeah. Um, how much people started living from the outside and not from the inside. But right. um do you think it's because of technology or inaccessibility? No, I don't think it's because of that, but it certainly is a catalyst mm-hmm. to make it more enhanced and, and faster, for sure. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's it's a foundational, is, is it's a lie that's being presented to us that we don't, we can't connect with anything unless we have an outside source, you know, unless we have an outside, like even you and I, there's a lot of people that don't have those face-to-face conversations, there's for some reason we think we can only talk over technology. So it, it exemplifies that mentality, but I don't think it's the only reason. That's uh, Did that make sense? That makes sense. Um, and I wanna go back to the point you talked about having in, innate intelligence, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So you're saying that the innate intelligence comes from obviously we both Christians, so we believe in the ideology that right. um, not the ideology, but the objective truth that God is who created right. you know human yeah. beings and through we have a part of God's nature in us. For sure. And we're made in his image. Right. Um, whatever that means, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and in that concept what innate intelligence how do we even access that innate, innate intelligence because we're so dependent as culture today we're so dependent on technology so yeah. dependent on political opinion yeah outside uh sources yeah people are so are so lacking in being able to think for themselves first off and to be able to access that innate intelligence how, how do you do such a thing i love this question because it's something that we inherently want but but it's something that we always have access to because innate intelligence functions at 100% all the time, right? So it's not something that like, it's not something that we we don't have all the time mm -hmm. because you can't you can't have 50% of, of your life force. So you're saying you can't suppress innate intelligence? No, well, you can interfere with it for sure, but it, it it's almost like a kinked hose, right? If you have a hose that's kinked, that water's still flowing at 100%. You just mm -hmm. blocked it blocked off. It. Gotcha. So in the concept of accessing innate intelligence, it functions in the same way. We always have access. We always It's always at 100%. But what are we bringing into our lives that is interfering with that? What kinds of things are we bringing in, whether it's you know anything external that can create, and we talked about thoughts, traumas, and toxins especially, mm -hmm. but it can be different things from, okay, Mentally, what am I bringing in that doesn't f that doesn't that interferes with that innate intelligence that that mm -hmm. keeps me from trusting that mm -hmm. um, and suppressing that, like you said, because there's also he BJ Palmer talks a lot about and, and a lot of other chiropractors in general talk a lot about what they call uh, they call them thought flashes mm -hmm. and. Thought is T-H-O-T. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we talked about this. No, no. no okay, no. so B.J. Palmer hated using words that had, like, filler letters. Yeah. So, yeah. like, enough instead uh -huh. of, he spelled it E-N-U-F. Gotcha, yeah. And thought yeah. is T-H-O-T. Yeah. yeah, so um, so they call them thought flashes. And what it is is essentially innate or universal intelligence, i.e. God, essentially, in my mind, trying to tell us something trying to to convey something to us in in our creative capacity mm. and we get these all the time you know whether it's a thought of oh, i should start a podcast or i should write a book do we suppress that or do we write it down in a notebook and say i'm gonna get on this so you can actually feed into innate intelligence and by not suppressing it by not letting it be interfered and just saying you know what if i have the this thought flash this impulse of something that's creative, solution-oriented, and gonna make my life more fulfilled, go after it. Because otherwise, you might not get as many thought flashes or you might just inherently suppress them with what what we also call our educated brain. So, gotcha. and we can get into that too in terms of innate brain and Got it. educated brain. Uh, I would love to go into that, but before that, I would like to ask you, so when you, when you talk about um, the thought flashes, does it come from, 
Is it a thought or is it a revelation? Because hot flashes can be negative and positive, right? Can can they be negative and positive? No. So it's only positive. Only positive. Yeah. Where does that like what? It's based. What's the source of that? So it's a great question because yeah. prior to any intelligence, you have universal intelligence. Sure. Universal intelligence in in my mind is is God. True. Um, and and other people, and. B.J. Palmer made this very clear in the beginning. He said, chiropractic is not religion, but I think it is more of a natural order way of things. So in my life as a Christian, it, it meshes well. So it basically leads you into a higher power. Yeah. It can help you connect with a higher power. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and whether whether that's God or whether that's just no, as it is, yeah. universal intelligence at, mm -hmm. at its core is always going to work in the universe mm -hmm. same as innate intelligence always is working so uh, what was your original question so mine uh where was the, where's the source of uh, it's always positive positive yeah. yeah so universal universally the world works it just works and uh -huh. in, in the way that it was created the innate intelligence is always going to work for a positive way for us Sure. So it adapts the universal forces into a positive thing for us, because it can't it can't ever bring to you a, a negative intelligence that would cause you harm or cause you death. It, it it's not possible. Okay. Because then it would it would hurt you. Does it come in a form of a thought, or does it come in a form of a revelation? Um, I guess we would need to distinguish, and I always talked about this before, but what would you consider a revelation? A revelation is more of a voiceless voice because we hear voices in our head, right? Mm -hmm. Saying either we're good or we're bad or something about somebody else or yeah. we're going to eat for lunch or whatnot. Um, but a revelation comes from more of a place that you know. It's more of an image rather than a voice. It's more you can see things clearer. Gotcha. It comes with more of a purpose because thoughts thoughts come and go yeah right but the revelation when it appears to you kind of stays so i would say oh, for it, the, it's like a voiceless voice that comes from your gut but not from your head i would say it's both it can okay. come from in both forms both fashions because mm -hmm. i don't think it can be it can it's not something that is is bound by that human understanding in that way so you're saying you're talking about revelation or thought flashes both both like okay. they both can yeah. be utilized in my mind interesting and but it's how you interpret it too because if in terms of a thought flash if if you don't take action on it and it and it leaves and you forget about it yeah that would be an element of a thought right like mm -hmm. according to mm -hmm. your definition but at the same time I think it can express itself in that way and if you take hold of it there's a purpose behind that and i i definitely see i see see what you're saying and i don't know if i'm uh, explaining not explaining this accurately but what i think of thoughts are basically um once what lifts you up and what pulls you down they're all thoughts right yeah and it gives you um opinions it gives you um so i I think we have to to distinguish that the the 
concept of thought then mm -hmm. because in in a thought flash i would say in in that like capacity it's it's not just a, a thought like we think of as humans mm -hmm. it's it's something that's that is revealed to us mm -hmm. that is brought before us to take action upon mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it doesn't always can it perform in a thought yeah but a revelation like i think it can also come in like a like you said, a revelation or a vision mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. like that. Like if I, if I have a thought of, I should start a podcast yeah. and it's just a thought that's part of it. But then if I have like a, a, a mental imagery of me starting a podcast, both are the same concept, right? It's just brought about in a different way. Yeah. Uh, I think revelation also brings you confidence. Some, from, yeah, from, for sure. From some for different sure. source of energy because Thoughts come and go, right? Thoughts say, hey, you should start a podcast, but it does not give you any kind of, like, energy. It does not... Well, I think I think this is where we come back to is how you how you express those. So do you do you take hold of what innate intelligence is trying to tell you, or do you then just let it go by the wayside? Yeah, so, I mean, so there is a, a distinguishing factor between... In, when, you, when you say uh, uh, thought flashes, I think of intuition, or an mm -hmm. innate, like you said, the innate brain, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I would assume that that is way different from thoughts. Okay. Uh, because I feel like thoughts are thoughts are val valueless, even though they, like I said before, it's gotcha. ones that bring you up, say you're an amazing person, ones that tell you how you're a shit person. Yeah. Like, but intuition. Like you said, it's always a positive energy, right? Yeah. It always teaches you. It always um, helps you move forward. It's 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 that. I I think I can help you out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that in that reference point, mm -hmm. the innate intelligence would be always bringing a positive. It's never going to bring a negative. Mm -hmm. But our educated brain, our educated intelligence, would bring that negative. So. Interesting. In, in my opinion, it would be, okay, one gives me vision, one gives me drive, one gives me motivation to go after living my best life. My educated brain is the one that tells me, you're a crap person, you can't do it, you don't have the funds, you don't have blah, 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 blah. So it's the outside that causes us to be negative. Yep. But the inside causes us to be positive. Yep. That's very interesting. Because they both funnel in the same body, right? Got it. Yep. Yep. But it, it's how we how which one has mastery over us yep. yeah and that's that's a very interesting thought process that most people don't um think about and i'm reading this book um do you know who sam harris is sounds familiar he's a well-known atheist yeah well-known atheist has debated jordan peterson multiple times has been on joe rogan podcast he is he's a very intelligent man but for, but for some reason, he has, I don't know if I think like him, mm -hmm. or he has values of God, but he calls himself an atheist. Yeah. You know, it's it's so intriguing because he talks about the the innate brain, the... From like an evolutionary standpoint? Yeah, and he, and he believes that like free will does not exist, and he has, you know has books on that the book right. that i'm reading is called free will right. and it literally has a it's in my car i wish i could show it but it literally <laughs> has like a puppet hand and oh, a yeah. free will words yeah and and that that's such an interesting concept because 
that guy, he he ta- talks a lot about meditation. Um, and I forgot his app. Um, it's this really f- famous meditation app. Gosh, it's losing my mind. <laughs> oh, you refer- did you reference it the other day to me? Yeah, I did. I did. Mindspace. Some that some of that, but uh, people were understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and when he connects those two things, you're automatically having a connection to a higher power. Yeah. And but I think religion has come into picture and just kind of for sure ruined just that. Just skewing of it. Yeah, and I my biggest I would say it not hurt, but I wish things could change is if the church can help people go within. Yeah. You know, the church can help people not rely on them, themselves so much, yeah. but to go within. But I feel like if they do that, then they'll lose their value. If the person does that or the If the, the person church. starts learning about God or himself within, then the church will lose its place. Unless it's a church that's pushing people to go within. Or it's a place of fellowship. You know? Like church as people relying within and then like it not being the necessity of church, I guess, right? Yeah, so if people, if the church pushed for people to rely on the spirit that lives within them or the innate intelligence that lives within them, then like they feel like they would lose their value. But I just think that that would just bring them more value because... People are bringing yeah. their innate intelligence to a congregation where they're encouraging one another or iron sharpening iron. Like, yeah. we were always talked about um, as men. But, like I said before, like, the idea, the concept of innate intelligence is is absolutely downplayed. Yeah. And especially America. Because if you go to, like, the Eastern countries, they, like, really push you to learn who you are from within. Yeah. But they're still controlling from a governmental <laughs> standpoint, you know? It's, it's always after you. Something is always after you to take away your personal freedom. As yeah, a yeah. Um, and... Well, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's Satan, though, too, right? So you're saying that that's a, that's a different force that's stopping it? That's stopping... Uh, a different force that's stopping you from going within. And that's yeah. also spiritual? Yeah, but I think that would be, like... That's educated brain, but our educated brain can be, there's two parts to that. Because our educated brain can become skewed based on what we're educated from. So like even indoctrination, Mm -hmm. right? Like that can be our educated brain that's skewing our, and can override or or create issues for our innate intelligence or our innate brain. But in the same sense, you have to think in, in, um, in like a trauma, toxins and thought capacity that also suppresses an Suppresses in, isn't the right word. It interferes with innate's flow. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of a trauma, um, I think that would be more of the spiritual mm-hmm. um, portion of it, and not so much educated brain versus innate brain. Our educated brain is based on our traumas that we take in, because okay. we we can become in a thought pattern of like. If, if we had a past trauma, then educated wise, we're like, this happened this way. So when this happens again, it must happen that way. Mm-hmm. And 
when you what are the uh this is going on a different tangent but i i totally agree with yeah. what you're saying uh jumping to a different topic um what are the five myths about chiropractic that's you know like letting people like down type of thing that's letting them down or like keeping them from going keeping them from going okay yeah yeah um five myths that we treat s symptoms i think gotcha. is number one because yeah. i i don't treat anything mm -hmm. um what my main focus is is figuring out what is causing someone in, in chiropractic language dis-ease okay which is similar to disease gotcha. but in in our w world it's ease is when we have flow homeostasis uh -huh. health Disease is when that's being interfered with. Sure. And then that's when we get symptoms. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't treat a symptomatology. Like I I what my focus is is what's creating that interference for the body to not act as it is capable of. Because if it's producing a symptom and I just go after the symptom, that's not really taking care of the issue. So that we treat stuff. Because people think, oh, well, I needed to go to the chiropractor for my neck pain, back pain, and that's it. So once that neck pain, back pain is gone, then I'm done, which isn't always true. And on top of that, sometimes when we go to the chiropractor and we have neck pain, back pain, it doesn't always resolve because it might not be the only cause. Mm -hmm. So we don't treat anything. We merely try to restore the body back to health, facilitate that health by removing what's interfering with that. And would you say chiropractic is a, is a lifelong thing? Yeah, yep. but not, and this comes that back to like chiropractors not necessarily educating properly because we try to put people under these um, like lifelong care plans or a year care plan mm -hmm. or different things like that without telling people why mm -hmm. fully, mm -hmm. or maybe they just don't care and not meeting them halfway. To. Um, so I think it's a lifelong thing because we're consistently battered with trauma. We're consistently battered with toxins. We're consistently battered with mental stressors, emotional, physical, chemical that can impact our nervous system negatively, put it in a stressed out state. And that's why I think this, the 14 foundational premise is really good because it talks about, um, in it, and it clears up the conversation is chiropractic is physiological compatible because we're not trying to add, we're not trying to add anything to the body or take it away to function as it should. We're merely trying to make the body in a less stressed state based on those things so that it can function in homeostasis. But when we get into a point of what's called allostasis or allostatic load, what's that? That so homeostasis is essentially health. Yeah. We're in balance, mm -hmm. right? Allostasis is outside of that. So where pathology can happen. Oh god, okay. yeah. Allostatic load though is when, you know, if, if we have this coffee cup mm -hmm. and we fill it, you know, we we take on toxins from our mom. We mm -hmm. get them in the womb. Um, let's say we come out the womb and it's already a quarter filled with stress, essentially chemical stress Dang, I, didn't, I didn't even think of that word, yeah. yeah and then we add on to a traumatic childhood mm -hmm. traumatic birth um, we add on to it hurts from our parents we started using 
medications, and I don't want people to get the wrong concept, because a medication is a toxin to the body. Because when I talk about physiological compatible, our body is not, like, we, we can't, we take it in and we try to flush it out as quick as possible. That doesn't mean it doesn't have a reaction in our body, but it's not meant to be taken in by our body, if that makes sense. So we take that in and it creates a stress on our organs as a whole, even though we might need it sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. And then let's say we have stress from work, stress from spouses, you know, and eventually that cup gets filled with, you know, that whole conglomeration of things impacting our health. And then one day when we're 45, 50, there's something else that we kind of throw in and that cup overflows. And that's when we start to see symptoms. So we have to think about it in that whole lifespan. We've dealt with all these traumas, toxins, thoughts, chemical, physical, mental, and we didn't do anything to take them out of our cup. It just got constantly filled and that's when symptoms arise. And then that's when we get diseases, all that kind of stuff. So it's a lifelong thing because we're always constantly trying to better ourselves and remove that stress so we don't get to that point. And we'll just hit a couple more topics and then we'll, we'll end it. Cool. Um, but my, my doubts come from, we never, like as cavemen, we never really needed chiropractic, right? For sure. Um, did that shortened lifespan, um, well, where does chiropractic come into the picture to enhance life so this is another great question because yeah. it, it doesn't enhance life you can't you can't enhance something that already flows at a hundred percent you were already again? you can't I can't make your innate intelligence flow more than a hundred percent okay all I can do is so I can't enhance your life to, to me if you have full innate expression that's life fulfilled mm -hmm. I cannot make that better. Like I cannot, I cannot make that power go higher. What I can do is help remove the things that are stopping it. Stopping it. Okay, that makes that makes way more sense. Yeah. So there's nothing I that and that comes back to there's nothing that I treat. There's nothing that I enhance. Mm -hmm. I allow the body to function as it's made because it. God made in my opinion, he made us perfect. Mm -hmm. We just screw it up, you know. That that makes way more sense, and that makes it easier to follow mm -hmm. um, because not it's the, it's just a concept that like if if medicine is healing our body we're in that s state of mind where we're doing fine until something bad happens mm -hmm. right yeah. and then once something bad happens then we need a doctor right um, and until then I feel like people at least in America don't really take care of themselves until they need to be taken care of. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I believe the insurance companies are fraud. A heyday. Yeah, you know? oh they are, yeah, for sure. And they're not pushing healthy living, they're not pushing healthy lifestyles. Um, and it it comes down to, like you said, chiropractic, I believe, is the the excellent part of this, this side of um, healthcare, I would say. Yeah. Right? Because there's other part of healthcare, the excellent process is surgeons, medical people. Um, but I think in that mindset, uh, there are so many different things that, that that's stuck from. I think the first thing that people can 
um, you know, benefit from is good friends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then a community. For sure. Right. And then um, working out to keep yourself healthy. Yeah. And it just builds in that realm, mm -hmm. uh, like healthy eating. And then like the excellent way of getting innate help, I would say, yeah. is, is chiropractic. Would that, would that, would that make sense? Um, it's like, it, it's, it's, there's smaller steps to get to where you need to be, but then the most helpful way of getting where you need to be is chiropractic. And it's principled core. Yeah. Because the main focus is, is removing certain things that would mm -hmm. inhibit that. Mm -hmm. So there's a great um, study out there by his last name is Sharpless and I always mess up his last name. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like L-U-T-T-G-E-S. I don't even know how it, yeah. uh, G's. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know how yeah, I pronounce yeah. that. But they did a study where 10 millimeters of mercury placed on the nervous system, which is equivalent to like a feather falling in your hand, mm -hmm. can decrease your nervous system capacity by up to 50%, your transmission. Gotcha. So my focus as a chiropractor is, okay, well, let's remove that portion of it so that if you want to work out, eat healthy, all that kind of stuff, there's nothing else inhibiting you from taking all that in. Mm. So... If you have nerves that go to your GI system and your GI system's not absorbing stuff properly, mm -hmm. even if you ate healthy, mm -hmm. what do we need to do to get it to that point so that it can work optimally? Gotcha. All right. And not from an outside in yeah, approach, yeah. but yeah. I mean, dude, just in that concept um, that you've shared so far, even though I've been like coming to your office, I, f I feel like the more I understand what's going on, the more benefit it is when I do get adjusted for sure it yeah. is understanding kind of also flows better when yeah. you get adjusted yeah you know and and from what you said it's like people aren't educating people enough in the chiropractic world so that even when they do get adjusted doesn't necessarily help yeah and that's yeah. one of those things where it's like I have the love-hate relationship with the YouTube chiropractic because sure. it's yeah. like if we can if we can educate now people see what we they see what we do with the adjustment but what is it doing on like a, a smaller level and what are we experiencing um, and some people were so ingrained in that outside-in approach yeah. you know and I think it's hard to fully educate and fully understand and uh, I mean not all chiropractors are the same like they don't adjust the same mm -hmm. you know so I always tell people it's okay to shop around for chiropractors. Mm -hmm. Which one do you like? Which one did, first of all, for me too, there's having that approach of you are a self-healing, self-organizing system is a mm -hmm. key focus for a good chiropractor. Yeah. And then one that mentions the nervous system. If they're not mentioning the nervous system at all, then just run out the door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah. so those two things are, are crucial if you're shopping for a chiropractor per se. Mm. And then making sure they're adjusting that's more congruent to who you are as an individual. Because some people like getting everything cracked, mm. but not every that doesn't benefit everybody. And it mm. doesn't benefit the nervous system all the time, mm. depending on what stressors we have. Sure. And do you think that um, a lack of faith in chiropractic can stop you from healing? In, in a capacity, yeah. Let me yes. face that question properly. So, if you're going to a, uh, to a clinic to get adjusted consistently, right? But if you don't have 
necessarily believe that something like that can benefit you, would that adjustment be? I don't think it would be futile. Yeah, I don't think it would be futile because at the end of the day, you're still releasing the innate intelligence. Yeah. So it's still going to work for your good. Sure. But that, but that educated brain stressor does come into place too still. And over time, what I see is even the biggest skeptics that come into my door mm -hmm. and I start adjusting them and you start quote unquote making them a believer because they're like, you know what? I came in for back pain, but I'm sleeping better. I feel just better. I'm walking different. I get that all the time. And it's like, all right, well, I didn't adjust a certain segment to make you do that. You just, your body just does that yeah. when it's flowing naturally. So, you know, it does have its place for sure, but I don't know that it's enough to make it futile for the adjustment at the same time. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. Dude, I, I love talking to you. It's you too, amazing. man. Um, if there's anything you want to promote or talk about or about your office, go ahead and yeah. let the people know. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, I am owner of the Wellness Way Grand Rapids. We are located just across from Forest Hills Foods, kind of like tucked away a little bit, but um, and it's on Cascade, just off Cascade Road. So, and uh, you can find me, my, what's it called? The Instagram, the tagline? Uh, just Instagram handle, whatever. Handle, yeah. that's the word. At Gates Mayor DC, I'm sure that you'll, yeah, underscore I'll DC, you'll probably put that description out. There, yeah. Um, and yeah, just I'll leave with one of my favorite quotes um, by Fred Barge. He says.